0: This podcast is brought to you by Touch A Life.
1: Hello everyone, how have you all been? Welcome to Tile Radio and this is me, RJ Sankhya, hosting through the interview today. Imagine being in a position where your beautiful past becomes untraceable, your children's faces unrecognizable and daily tasks impossible. Imagine having to be dealing with Alzheimer's and watching everything you ever built fade out slowly alzheimer's disease is a progressive neurodegenerative disorder that affects millions of people worldwide and it is characterized by a decline in memory thinking and reasoning skills that eventually interfere with a person's ability to even carry out the daily activities so alzheimer's disease can be challenging for both the individual who has it and even their caregivers now talking about the caregivers It's a challenging place to be at because it's highly unpredictable that how long you will be remembered. But Alzheimer's Services of the East Bay, ASEB, gets into that position regardless of how difficult it could be. So ASEB, Alzheimer's Service of the East Bay, is a nonprofit community organization in California that provides services for individuals with dementia as well as their families. So, ASEB provides adult daycare, family support, education, and community outreach services, primarily in Alameda and Contra Costa counties. Now, if you're wondering who could be that generous person behind this, who runs this selfless service, it is Michelle Poe, CEO of ASEB from Concord, California. And she has been a professional leader over three decades of experience in service industry now. And today, I'm honored to be interviewing her. So let me welcome Michelle Pope on TAL Radio to share more about this organization and its services. Hello, Michelle. How are you doing? I'm good. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. Excellent. I I, I love this energy we are starting with.
0: I love it as well.
1: Yeah, so tell us, why did this organization choose to serve people particularly with Alzheimer's? Is there yeah. a story behind it?
0: Yeah, there's a beautiful story behind it. Um, over 30 years ago, before I even came to Alzheimer's Services of the East Bay, there is a church across the street, a Presbyterian Church, Uh, First uh, First Presbyterian Church of Berkeley. And they're across the street and there were in their congregation. They realized that there were people aging. There was a doctor in that congregation, Ann Getch, and she said something needs to be done. And they started the first um, daycare center in the Bay Area, small little center, one person, a budget of like 1,200 or something, uh, you know, a year or whatever. And um, move, we moved across the street to a bigger building, um, probably after a couple of years of being in the small space. And um, same thing, Dr. Ann Getch came in and gave money for um, the previous uh, di- directors to invest in this building that we now live in and now we are um, licensed for 60 people a day, have contracts with all the managed care providers and Medi-Cal and we serve and have served thousands of individuals living with Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia. I came on board now um, about 26 years ago and um, not in this role, but just learning and learning and have stayed. I, I'm surprised, you know, I stayed because I love the people. I love the individuals living with Alzheimer's. They 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 um have the ability to learn, they have the ability to be engaged and bring joy and happiness into the world. And I feel like I'm their advocate to say, yes, this is a dreadful disease. Yes, there's things that I cannot remember, but I'm still in here. I still have a soul. I still love music. I still love to be hugged. Um, And that's what we do here. We, we of course, are a medical model and we care for people's healthcare, but I always love the part when we get our surveys back when people say, Oh man, I forgot that you give physical therapy to my mom. What I remember is the smile on her face every day when I picked her up, and not necessarily because she saw me, but because she was happy. And um, so I am that that fills me in ways that I can't even describe. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That is lovely to be able to see so many smiles around, right?
0: Yeah, and from people who normally it's hard to get that emotional um, trajectory, projection out. They may be feeling Mm -hmm. a lot of things, but because of the cloud or the fog of dementia, Alzheimer's, it's hard to express yourself. And so when we're able to do things to help them to express themselves, whether it be in art, Music, poetry, um, you know, baking. They made pizzas down there one day, um, you know, individual pizzas for themselves and, you know, and all those things that we enjoy in life. And because of their disease, we have to modify it for them um, so that it's something that they can still find joy in.
1: Yeah, that is wonderful. So I heard that there's a wide range of services this organization provides. So can we know what all they are?
0: Yes, yes. So the adult day healthcare model, uh, which is now in the Bay Area um, titled Community-Based Adult Services, we come under that umbrella. We're licensed by the Department of Aging and the Department of Public Health. Um, And we provide a model of care that includes nursing. So we have two wonderful, fantastic, marvelous, nurses on our team uh, that uh, make sure the medications that each of the individuals are prescribed by their physicians, that they're being administered appropriately. So there's education for the caregiver. We go out into the home and do medication safety management sort of uh, check-ins, as well as checking in with the caregiver and individuals who would know who can no longer come into the program. So it's a full circle. And then we have physical therapy, um, occupational therapy. We have a social worker that's here to help with the um, psychosocial sort of um, things that come along with the disease, as well as to help with the support groups for the caregivers. And then we started a, our own um, podcast ourselves um, to support families during the pandemic, you know, just to get the news out to them. They were so frightened and didn't know what they should do. So it's a wraparound. I I always say we're a wraparound, almost like a hug, um, for caregivers to keep their loved ones at home. So we're not a live-in model. People come back and forth every day. We pick them up. um, We have a transportation program, so we pick them up in our vans and bring them in. Some families do uh, provide their own transportation and yeah you know I I, um, I can't tell you how much I, I feel like my whole life uh, after joining Alzheimer's services of the East Bay change because I have I have empathy I but I, I no longer and I know that's your 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 uh, sort of vision and mission um, you know I'm not I'm sympathetic but I have empathy and I'm also wanting to give them tools. So that because um, nobody needs our sympathy if we're not going to do something to help them. And so um, I'm always trying to find the right tools, like going up to a stable and, and petting a, a horse. I mean, who would think a person with dementia would get anything out of that? And of course they do, because it's the connection between human and animal and horses are magnificently made. So, yeah, I, I think that. I love that you're you're doing this interview with me because I hope that anybody hearing your questions, my responses, will understand that these are still living people. And yes, the doom and gloom of the yeah. disease is always present. It's an ever-present uh, fog. But but yeah. we can meet people where they are. And I I think if we start thinking about this. Uh, yeah. disease in that way. Maybe we'll take it into ageism and racism and, you know, homophobia yeah. and, you know, I, I mean, yeah. and when we become accepting, we become a se- accepting across the, the landscape um, when yeah. we open our hearts to a new understanding.
1: True, true. Yeah, that yeah. would be fantastic.
0: Wouldn't so, that be um, great?
1: That is- <laughs> yeah, that, that would be amazing. No, I mean, like, <laughs> if we open up more to it, so uh, adding to what you've said, uh, from what I have observed is that mental health for elderly people is quite underrated. You know, yeah. it's it's uh, the least talked about. So what do you think can be done to spread more awareness about it? And how does your organization add up to it?
0: Yeah, oh, I love that question. Um, we are, are an organization that invites volunteers into our house. And so we have a lot of volunteers from UC Berkeley because they happen to be right up the street. And we've partnered with them on a a whole bunch of programs. We have a buddy program where the uh, UC Berkeley student will partner with one of our um, participants and they do math, they do reading comprehension, but more important, they are building relationship. It's an intentional um, one-on-one relationships. So there's an intergenerational. That's exciting because this 20-something-year-old person, um, whether they're in, I think, probably Generation Alpha. Um, I'm not sure, but um, uh, they are. So, yeah. yeah, they're learning how to be around people who are aged. You know, people who are aging in place. People who um, might not be able to remember you each visit but maybe will for for whatever reason, Um, and so that's amazing to me. We're also a teaching facility for um, nursing students, so we're training up the next set of medical professionals to have a better bedside manner with people who are aging in place and aging with different disabilities, including Alzheimer's, uh, where they can't share Um, what's going on with them in the same way. So giving them some of those communication techniques. And then we have um, uh, physicians that do their rotation uh, a day. It's only a day, but I I feel a day is good. It's better than no day. Um, And they come in and spend a day just hanging out in the program, working, looking at the medical chart, really understanding what adult day healthcare is or community-based adult services. And I think that's a great start to bridging the gap. We also take our participants out into the community. So we can be seen walking down the street on walks. We can be seen at a stable uh, petting horses. We can be seen at an A's game. And what I think that does is take away the stigma. And it it allows us to have people in the community with us. I'm not putting down my colleagues that um, uh, lead uh, assisted livings or nursing homes or any of those places or the families that have chosen to do that. There's reasons around that. But I also think it's much better uh, for people to be in the community, to be seen that a little kid that's two years old, see, doesn't always see somebody that looks like their mommy and daddy uh, and just maybe their set of grandparents that might be very young, uh, quite frankly, because we've had generations of younger grandparents, but See them age in place, understand the beautiful wrinkles on their face, understand when they keep saying the same thing over and over that it's 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 a it's a sign of love because they're trying to communicate, just changing the trajectory and changing the meaning of all this stuff. It's going to take a lifetime. I probably won't be here by the time we get there. Um, but I'm going to do my part to make sure that um, I'm planting those seeds and, and pray that um, we get they get watered by the next generations that uh, will be in this this take the take this career on after me.
1: That is wonderful. So, um, looking ahead, what are your organization's uh, goals for the next five years, and how do you plan to achieve them?
0: Yes, yeah, so Sanaka, <laughs> uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, the pandemic really, um, really took our breath away. And, and we were once not just this Berkeley program, but we had two other centers. And we, um, during the pandemic, had to make the heartfelt decision to close those centers because of the cost of them. We did not own the buildings as we do this building here in Berkeley. But going into the future, we want to open more centers but here in Berkeley, what we're thinking and dreaming about is um, actually tearing down this building after 30, almost 40 years and building it back up to have a daycare center on the bottom floor and to have housing on the on the top floor. Some for some students, maybe some veterans, commingling cultures, commingling age groups. And, and having the daycare center or having the adult day healthcare on the bottom. And so to me, that's one of our dreams. Right now, we're trying to find partners to help us to do that, financial partners, corporate sponsors, um, you know, we're in a major sort of capital campaign conversation. Uh, we need a place to move to temporarily. So we're reaching out to the communities to see if there's a place that we can move to, to a, for a couple of years, because I think it'll take that long. Um, yeah. And just really just expanding into housing because that's the other area that we realize that people who um, are aging in place are having difficulty that they cannot um, live in the Bay Area at the prices. And again, I, I'm not putting landlords down, um, but there are some greedy landlords out there <laughs> that are you know it's all about money and it's you know do, do you really have to raise the rent? every year can it be every other year i mean things like that and then you know when people are on fixed income so we're trying to think of those kinds of things that we can do but that is the biggest dream that we have on our plate and we have a a partner that's walking with us but we need more people to do that the next thing is expanding our transportation program the vans are so important to the caregivers that we can go to the home pick their loved one up, and then bring them back at the end of their, their day here with us. But because they're so costly, we can, you know, if one, we have to take one out of service, we have to come up with about thirty dollars to $55,000 to replace it. That clearly isn't in our budget to do. And so we always need help. In either um, I would love it if Toyota or Honda or somebody out there um, was listening to this and donated a van to us, we would take it. We would love you and uh, praise you. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, so we need vans and then we need staff. This is an interesting time for us. you know, during the pandemic, we lost a lot of staff due to the closures, due to people having to stay at home with their loved ones, their children. We now need staff. We're looking for a new physical therapist, occupational therapist, a social worker, a driver, a dietary aide. So for the first time in my career here at asap we've been recruiting for over nine months and have had small nibbles. And I think a part of that is that because of the uh, cost of living, people are going to for-profit, corporate hospitals, things like that, where they can make more money, uh, have more benefits, retirement. And nonprofits, you know, we're a nonprofit. We have healthcare benefits that, but we don't have retirement. So I think that, you know, changes in, in policy on how to support nonprofits to be um, competitive with corporate since we are the safety net to, in many communities, to governments, funding and all of that. So I just think we, we need um, a little bit more of a hand up. And I'm gonna say this, and I, I don't mean it from a, a political stance, but you know we're always bailing out the banks. We're always bailing out corporations. But when it comes to nonprofits and organizations that are caring for the poor, oppressed, Um, And people with Alzheimer's were almost invisible but without us it would be chaotic in every community across the country
1: true, true and I I also really hope uh, everyone who's listening to it would love to take part in it like bring in some donations and yeah like if Toyota those people are listening. They should definitely give you a van after knowing all the good things that you do. <laughs> I
0: agree, Sanka. I agree. I agree, and and, and uh, yes. I'm more than happy to put your name on that van. <laughs> so if that's what thank you, you. Need.
1: that will be wonderful. <laughs> I'll post it everywhere.
0: <laughs> yes, I'll put your name on it because if it comes from <laughs> this interview, we have to honor and and celebrate. I think I, what you're doing here is celebrating life and celebrating the joy of life, the joy of connection, Um, you know, just you and I even connecting this morning through this platform, we're creating another level of vibration just between the two of us. And and so if we could do that in almost every setting that we plan ourselves, again, a wonderful change.
1: Yeah. So, also, uh, the bigger the work you're doing, the greatest the challenges keep getting, right? So, mm-hmm. what are some of the challenges about serving individuals with Alzheimer's and supporting their families too? So, what are some challenges yes, that you can
0: Challenges. Thank you. So, we already talked about funding. That is like the the yeah. biggest challenge that we have. But then, yeah. the challenge of of not being recognized as a part of the healthcare system. So because we, we, even though we provide healthcare and we work with the doctors and the managed care providers, and many of them are thankful that they have our partnership, when we go to negotiate new contracts, when we go to open up the conversation a little bit about embracing us in a way like we are, more than a partner, Uh, we're we're collaborators in the care. That sometimes is still missing um, in some of the larger uh, insurance uh, carriers where it's just about give us the information. We just want the social security number. What's the diagnosis, the ICD-910? They never walk into our building to see what we do. Um, They don't ask us other than writing in a care plan. And as long as we check all the boxes and all the signatures are there I feel like wow you know i I think they should come and see and and have more input on on what we do and see it instead of trying to make us put it on 20 pieces of paper as a narrative so that's that's a challenge um marketing and getting out into the world um, now because of the pandemic is a challenge you know we really like to have our, our you know feet, to the ground, out in the community, meeting people, going to health fairs and all of that. And we haven't done that now in three years. There haven't been any to go to in three years. And that I think has uh, left a little bit of a space between us and the community where they're wondering, are we still available? Are we still around? Um, I think natural resources, things like, um, you know, somebody during the pandemic, we had one of our board members She, every time she went shopping, she bought us, you know, gloves and mask and and hand sanitizer. And, you know, so we need people who do that in-kind stuff too, because it's a challenge. Those things are very costly and we need those things that we need every single day. Um, So the other challenge is the mindset. Um, You opened, and I love the way you opened our conversation and, and our time together today, because the challenge is also that everybody wants to put all their resources and attention on a cure and i understand that i'm in my 60s and just very blessed that i'm still able to work and all of that my children if anything happened in that way that's what they would want a cure for their mother because they love me and like me Yeah. yeah but but there are people living while we're searching for this cure There are people being diagnosed every single day while we're searching for this cure. And until we find that wonderful vaccine or that pill or whatever it's going to be that we have to take that will prevent us from having any form of memory loss, we need to invest in the services that support the people who are living with it and the future people or the people in the future that will be diagnosed. And right now, as a country, we don't do that. And then ageism is, I think, at the at the is the root cause of of where we are in in this country and possibly around the world. I find indigenous cultures and other cultures actually a more um, honor. They honor their their elders and treat them with a, a kindness and respect and, and reverence in a way that we don't in the states. Um, and not everybody. That's not a blanket statement. That's not every every person. But as a as a country, we are very ageist, We say very ageist things, and we. Yeah. Um, Treat people, whether they are young or old, within a construct that we formulated that sticks them there. Not every aged person is is has a disability. Not every aged person that forgets something one day has Alzheimer's. So we've got to kind of, again, you know, I'm talking about more about emotional intelligence and humanity shifts, but they affect the way we live. They affect the way we vote. They affect the where we put our money. And so all of those things, the younger the politicians become, and if their parents are young and they come from a more privileged background and have never seen a frail older person or, um, or their, their, their grandma was lived in an assisted living where she didn't actually visibly age in front of them, that's going to change decision-making. Um, you know, I saw my grandmother. She aged in front of me. And and so my decision-making is based on on that experience um, and how much her family loved her, kept her at home. She died at home. I mean, yeah, yeah you know, those I'm kinds sure. of things yeah. that we as a culture are afraid of, don't want to talk about, and therefore we don't want to vote to make those things happen, you know, um, or put our funds there. So those are the challenges okay. that I... I think. And it's not ageism is not anybody's fault, but it's all of our faults. It's because it's a construct that that is in our magazines. It's in everything. I think things are changing. I'm loving seeing all these older women embrace their gray hair and on uh, modeling and um, just as I am, you know, plus size people I mean we're getting better at it but we're still not there yet and we should be light years ahead of where we are now uh we create computers and smartphones but we haven't figured out how to be a humanity
1: (laughs) true yeah I really hope like we are way ahead of the time right now because that's what it's supposed to be like right I don't know from where all the things that came up in between Yeah, I don't know where it went wrong. So anyone who's suffering from Alzheimer's, uh, how can they reach out to your center? How can they contact
0: you? Thank you for asking. Yes, you can give us a call um, if that's the way that you want to do that, 510-644-8292. You can go to our website, which is aseb.org. Just put Alzheimer's Services of the East Bay in Google, and it will pop up um, hopefully to the top. Um, And or you can just, um, you know, send us an email. Um, You can send it to me um, at Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-A-L at A-S-E-B dot org. And I will give it to the team and we will follow up with you. And if you go to the website, there's also um, a Zoom link uh or you can call us if it's not there uh because we're our website's under construction and we will put you in contact with a support group that we have on zoom and it's the first um we do it the first monday um of each month and it's done from 7 p.m to 8 p.m uh pacific coast time and you can join us um and if you're a caregiver out there that has questions or needs to be in an environment of learning, because we do a lot of learning, um, it's not a, um, it's not the kind of support group where we, um, you know, we really these all of the caregivers that are coming are coming to learn how to embrace being a better caregiver. So we we can put you in contact with a. Um, a group, if you are going through grief and things, we can put you in contact with another group. But if that's what you're looking for, that support group meets the first Monday of every month. So those are different ways that you can get in contact with us and we can support you um, on this journey of um, yeah, aging. Yeah. Yeah, aging and, and memory loss.
1: Yeah, definitely, That that's helpful. And uh, finally, as the last question, Is there something that you want to say to the potential donors here and also how a potential donor can approach you? How can they donate to your organization?
0: Yes, yes. You can um, just again get in contact with me. I'd love to talk to you about the the different things that we need support in. You can send a donation to us, uh, Alzheimer's Services of the East Bay 2320. Channing, C-H-A-N-N-I-N-G Way, Berkeley, California, 94704. I believe we have a button on our website that um, is a donor button that you can hit and give us uh, funds through PayPal. Um, so please feel free to do that. Or Network for Good is another area on our website you can give. Um, but I really would love uh, any corporation or any venture capitalist so a person um, that is that really has the funds and it's not going to hurt your your livelihood. It's going to really benefit your you in many, many ways, not just from your heart. Um, yeah. Just Get in contact with us and, and we will um, share some needs that we have.
1: I really hope that happens. I do. So, too. yeah. So with that, uh, we are done with our interview. And this is Michelle And it's been wonderful talking to you. And we are so glad that you actually took us some time for us. And also, I found our conversation to be quite insightful and informative. And you're doing a wonderful job. So please keep doing up the good work. And thank you once again for being on TAL Radio.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I, I again, am considered an honor to have shared this time with you and please stay in touch. And and um, if we get a donation because of this, I definitely will let you know right away.
1: Yeah, definitely. We will always be in touch, you know. So yeah, that was Michelle Pope. And I hope the conversation makes its way through your heart to donate to the organization. And thank you for being wonderful listeners. Stay tuned to TAL Radio and this is me, Sankhya, signing off for today. See you soon.
0: You have just listened to TAL Radio Podcast. For more podcasts, visit www.touchalife.org.